This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. 3CR supporter. quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe the number is 94198377. You've been listening to the same. You could never understand. Commuting by bicycle is an absolute essential part of my day. It's mind clearing, invigorating. I get to go out and pedal through the countryside in the, early, in the early morning hours and see life come back and rejuvenate every day as the sun is coming out. James Earl Jones Pedal your blues away Blues be gone on this early August winter's morning, or faux winter as we're having in Melbourne. Many thanks to Amy Goodman and Democracy Now. You're listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show here on Radical Radio 3CR, 855 on the AM dial, podcasting, streaming, or actually listening on the transistor in the kitchen. We've got a bit of a show coming up today dealing with one of those Ongoing aspects of cycling and commuting life here in Melbourne, the safety uh, of vulnerable road users and the protection of. Good morning, Faith. Good morning, Val. And along for the ride again, he's come back for more. John Simmons from... Simon, sorry, John. (laughs) It was 50-50. Yeah, yeah, I know. Toss a coin. There we go. I'll have another go next week. Um, He's come back again from Bike West, uh, one of the energetic uh, bicycle lobby groups here in Melbourne, and we're going to discuss the hearings that start tomorrow into road safety behaviours on vulnerable road users. Good morning, and thanks for having me on the show. Pleasure, John, always. Ah. Well, a lot happening, but we might as well kick off with a bike moment before we get into the serious stuff. Faith? I, uh, I had a bike moment. I had seven bike moments um, on the Great Victorian Rail Trail yesterday. You know, the last week or so, riding around, you were talking about faux winter. I've, I've had that feeling like any day now we're going to start getting swooped. Um, and yeah. I've really been starting feeling on edge about it, particularly in Albury last week, but it didn't happen. But it Sunday on the Great Victorian Rail Trail, that notorious stretch between Yay and Yark, 
um, oh yeah yeah had yeah. Uh, and I, you know I, in full late spring there'd be 30 swoops on that stretch. So yep. seven was quite good. Two going from yay to yark. Um, and we thought, oh, they weren't too bad. We can deal with that. Uh, seven coming back. So I don't know where those birds had been earlier in the day, but um, it's definitely begun. Yep. The swoopy boys are back. There we go. I wonder if they've been talking to the orcas. they co-planning you wouldn't want to take a boat out on the Goulburn and see what happens no, no, no. <laughs> they're all ganging up yeah. and, get, and I don't blame them getting yeah, pissed, yeah, yeah, pissed yeah. off no, probably no, no, no. <laughs> what I'm, are you guys doing yeah 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 come on <laughs> uh, John uh, um, bike yeah. moment it's a, it's a um, <laughs> vicarious bike moment I've managed to get my kids to regularly start cycling to school which is a big win and um my daughter has a lovely ride she goes to port melbourne secondary college and she catches she catches the punt as well oh, yeah, so she yeah. rides down the punt catches the punt across the river and then goes on to school so beautiful way to start the day mm, yeah perfect uh, um talking about uh, until kids. the orcas come until <laughs> that's right i have told her to keep an eye out for the orcas you're right <laughs> Well, might be just a big seal on the Barabarong. That's my all you'll need. Um, talking about uh, kids, and look, I, I know I get a lot of my bike moments from second chance cycles, but I've got to say this was a first the other day. Um, a set of triplets aged about four or five, all on a bike for the first time. Oh, wow. It was Fantastic. really quite something to watch. Um, absolutely fascinating. Um, and it's, down there, there's a big round, there's a big area where all concrete where you can ride around. So you can imagine um, the three of them <laughs> buzzing around. So it's, I think one of the mothers was in for a bit of a shock when they got home. <laughs> yes. but, uh, just a lovely moment, getting them young, mm, starting absolutely. early. Yeah, always a battle over colours, but anyway, it ended up all right. <laughs> uh, have we got a little bit of news? Um. um I've, I could uh, – we uh, at Marybeck I was going to head it up that yeah. We uh, got um, a community grant to teach women from the cold community in Faulkner to ride bikes and, and to establish – to go further than teaching them, to then um, establish a riding group that would keep it sustainable and ongoing over the long term. And that kicked off in the last two weeks. We've um, – in two weeks, we had 10 women sign up to learn to ride, and uh, we've started in the last two weeks collecting their bicycles donated by the bike shed in Brunswick. Oh, yeah. Um, and the first ones have started having their lessons. So that's been Great. a real joy because everyone's so excited and yeah, so yeah. Um, thrilled to be doing it. Um, so that's, yeah, that's been really good. The only thing is we're running the bike shed a bit low on uh, – step-throughs with chain guards because yeah. a lot yeah, of the women yeah. wear quite yeah. long robes. Um, we want to make sure they have bicycles. They can always wear whatever they feel comfortable in on. So um, I am keeping an eye out. If anyone has especially small and extra small yeah. bicycles with chain guards, then um, would be very happy. And you're not using it or you're thinking of donating it, then uh, would be very happy to take it off your hands. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sounds good. Should we mention your Marybeck's transport strategy? Or oh, we, yes. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, know, you know that thing you've been working for 10 years? Yeah. Of course, you forgot that. 
<laughs> yeah. Because it's, start, it's the rubber's start, oh, it's a terrible expression, isn't it? The rubber's the f- starting to hit the road on it, isn't it, a little bit? You're the first round of consultation uh, into sort of the high-level directions document is underway yep. until very early in September. So we can post a link up to that. Um, but if anyone wants to find it, it's on Conversations Merrybeck. Um, I think it's called Moving Around Merrybeck, yep. or Moving in Merrybeck. And uh, there's a directions paper and then a survey you can take part in. Yeah. But as always, you can just email your own lecture directly to them. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say one thing I found good on the, uh, their website is they've got a very good timeline. You know, yeah, a the lot of these things, comprehensive. and we'll get to this with uh, the inquiry, is that sometimes you haven't got a perspective of where things come from and mm. which step are they going to next. Yep. You know, yeah. Um, I find it actually helps explain actually how things have birthed and then the carriage of them all the way through. No, that's a good point because you do hear, you know, sometimes people don't hear about the last stages um, and then there's all these questions about this has come out of nowhere Mm. or uh, why didn't I hear about this before or or why can't I have a say and it's if people can see that timeline then they've got the context for how certain ideas got to that point. Yeah. Um, Look, I think, uh, anyway, uh, it's about uh, the rest of the news, I think. um, We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to be back and talking about the state government inquiry into safety behaviours of vulnerable road users. Yarrabug would like to thank our sponsor, Vacro's Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics, and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Tuesday or Thursday. And you're back listening to the Arabug Radio Show. Uh, our guest, as we mentioned, is John Simons from Bike West. And today we were going to take a look at the parliamentary inquiry into road safety behaviours and vulnerable road users. This is uh, an inquiry being run by the Legislative Assembly Economy and Infrastructure Committee. It, uh, I think it opened in March for submissions. It was a fairly short submission period and it received over it received 288 submissions. So the next step is for um, hearings to be held where people who elected to speak as well as making their submission can do so. And uh, the first two days of those hearings are tomorrow and Wednesday. Um, one in the city and one in Marybeck. Um both two days will be streamed live, so we'll put that information up when we put the podcast up as to where you can follow if you'd like. You can, they're public hearings, so you can also yep. attend and cheer from the gallery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is tomorrow's in to... the Parliament House? Tomorrow, Tuesdays is in the Parliament House. Yep. yep. Wednesdays is in Coburg Town Hall. Yep. Uh, and there's quite an extensive list of... Um, People who will be speaking at each, each. Shall we have a look at those first? Yep. Um, so Tuesdays in Parliament House. The, oh Lord! 
the committee <laughs> will the be... Lord speaking. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She won't help you. <laughs> the committee will be hearing from the Department of Transport and Planning, Transport Accident Commission, Department of Health, um, Victoria Police, Municipal Association of Victoria, Bicycle Network, the RSCV, the TAC and Friends of the Earth and Kids Safe Victoria. Um, and then Wednesday in Coburg we get into some local councils, Marybeck, Yarra, Darabin and Whittlesea, uh, Marybeck Bicycle User Group, Yarra Bicycle User Group, uh, the Central Coburg Business Association, Coburg High School Walking and Riding Subcommittee, Brunswick Residence Network, Walk on Marybeck, and um, groups of parents who've made submissions. And uh, and on Tuesday, we're also hearing from the Sustainability, Mobility and Safety Research Group at Monash University and uh, the Municipal Association of Victoria. So, And they're just the first two days. There's another yeah. two days later on. So it's a fairly uh, um, extensive list of people who've made submissions. And I think nearly all of those submissions are already up online, so you can have a look at them before you, you attend if you want to. You yeah. can, and, and even as you go through, go and, and read them. So I guess, John, as one of the groups who's made a submission, um, what what was your reasoning for doing that and getting involved in this process? Uh, well, as everyone knows, the, the key reason for people not to cycle is safety and there are many others there are many other barriers but that's that's the main one obviously and and so when we have yet another inquiry you feel compelled to 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 say you know let's address this properly i but but i you know maybe i'm a little bit too radical whatever i I actually don't even i take issue with the actual title of the of the inquiry because you know it's not about we're just people on bikes or walking are just road users yeah. Whereas it's people, well, not people, don't want to alienate everyone, but uh, um, motorised vehicles are dangerous. They're dangerous road users. They're the ones who cause that, you know, people to be harmed much more than people walking or cycling. So, so I would pedestrians actually... pedestrians and cyclists aren't inherently vulnerable. No. So no. I'd say, you know, it's more a case of, you know, what do we do about dangerous road users as opposed to how we're going to you know, think about vulnerable road users. You know, we're just road users. And there are some, there's different groups... Uh, true, there's different categories of way you can get about, but nevertheless, they're dangerous. And this is what Marco de, de Bromel Street, that cycling professor from, from Amsterdam, talks about. It should be flipped on its head. We shouldn't think of it in terms of we're just vulnerable, you know, people or on bikes or walking. We're gonna, we know we have to address the dangerous aspect of it because, mm-hmm. you know, what are we doing about the danger as opposed to, you know, focusing on... Um, what are the behaviours or, you know, how the vulnerable people... It's just, no, we're just people and, you know, we're going to work out how we're going to deal with that danger. So it's a different way of looking at it, of course. But but we put in our submission and that was our, our focus, you know, and the, uh, this this question of behaviours. We haven't noticed a massive change in, in driving behaviours since COVID, which seemed to be the thing that kick, kicked off this inquiry. It might be trending slightly worse, but we didn't haven't noticed a dramatically worse um, trend. But it's just it's it is dangerous. It, ca- it can be dangerous. It can be very safe getting about walking or riding your bike. Um, and so we wanted to put in a submission to highlight the fact that 
the way you make it safe in our current system, you just have to have that safe infrastructure. And we have focused heavily on the safe system approach, mm. where you know where the key, the two starting principles are you know um, human f- um, vulnerability, where humans can only tolerate a certain amount of you know physical injury, and also human fallibility. People make mistakes, so you have to design a system. And it's not just the people using the system, it's the designers of the system, the people who enforce the system, all of the, or everyone has to contribute to that safe system. And when the inevitable collisions occur, that energy transfer, don't want to get too physics on you, but um, is minimised so, so that people don't get hurt. Well, their level of harm is not at a point where they are killed or seriously injured. Yep, yep. So that, that's what our focus. And, and it, we do have a high level of frustration because... Let's talk about, you know, we've got to, everyone's just got to behave nicely and look after each other on the road. You know, and we put in our submission, okay, they, the first piece of evidence we've found of that comes from 1913, <laughs> where they said, we can just share in the in Scottish MP said, why don't we just share the, the road? And I've got the direct quote if you're interested. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, quote. Okay, so it, it was from 1913, it was uh, MP John Burns, he said, People should show in the most sportsmanlike way the spirit of the road, you know, and not not mm-hmm. run people over. Yeah. And and you know this is, and that was just after that was when we kind of basically gave roads to cars. Like I'm not sure if you're familiar with yeah, the, yeah. the yeah, yeah, um yeah. the, the jaywalking laws. The jaywalking, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, yeah. before it was jay drivers, yeah. and then it became jaywalkers. But in 1924, Herbert Hoover, Hoover, before he became president, had that big road safety conference about yeah. what are we going to do about everyone being killed on the roads. I mean, people driving and killing people, pedestrians and things, had a big road safety conference, only invited the car manufacturers. Yeah. <laughs> and they went, and, their, and their, their conclusion was, oh, it's pretty obvious. We just only have cars on the road. And, like, oh, okay. uh, and um, their rates of killing pedestrians and cyclists, even in the last four years of skyrocketing. In the US, it's, yeah. it, the trend is shocking. It is, yeah. it is shocking. It's, I it's, think it's p- pedestrians here, it's shocking. Yeah, it's it, gone oh, yeah, through yeah, the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it has, and in the US, it's terrible as well. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I'm, whether they're going to address it or not, I'm not sure. But yeah. Well, I think you're right. It's, it comes down to safe systems. Um, there was last week released the coroner's report into the death of that woman on King Street in the city yeah. who um, – and that was – that, that was, to me, a prime example where um, the coroner's recommendation was that – so this woman was riding down King Street. The, la- the left-hand lane became a turn left lane. Yeah. So she merged into the next lane uh, and there was a B-double with a four-metre-long space between the two – the trailer yep. and the front part. So not realising there was a trailer – yeah. She merged between them, and then when the truck driver moved forward, he didn't know there was You're someone sure. in that space. Yeah. Um, and the coroner's recommendation was that we do a behaviour change program, making cyclists more aware of B doubles. <laughs> oh. And oh. and um, oh, it's you know you just think well the whole thing if there had been a protected bike lane on King Street. She would never be put in the position where she, she had to merge into moving traffic that included B doubles. Yeah, and and that's one of the principles of the safe system approach. Yeah. You you cannot you have remove inc- those. You cannot have incompatible speeds and masses. So no. if if vehicles are travelling at completely different speeds, they should be separated. Or if they are completely different different masses. Now, unless that person weighed about fifty tons, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, she should be in a separate place to a B double. I mean, it is absurd that they should be sharing the same road space. Yeah, but and the. 
you know, what was really striking was that there were several suggestions made at the coroner's hearings by um, one person. So one was that um, in Japan, where this woman came from, it's very rare to have a B double on city streets. Mm. Um, and then, uh, and another was that so maybe some education for cyclists about B doubles. And then another was. Um, you know, having far less B doubles on the streets, and yeah. you know, it was just—it was a really um, good example of where the coroner has selected the one outcome that would be the least effective, and but also that way of thinking where you you think, oh well, to keep people safe, we try and make the vulnerable people um, we d- we more do aware more aware and that yeah. rather than actually addressing Take the away systemic the, risk and the, the systemic mm. built yeah. actually built on the road problem um yeah so it's yeah i think the safe system certainly and it's it's something that in theory victoria subscribes to they do they've signed up and then with a big red crayon and just rubbed out the bits they don't like yeah which is a significant amount uh, yeah. and i'm fruit the primer on being the 30 kilometers an hour Recommendation they've just scrubbed at that and copied yep. it in with 40 or 50. Um, and as I'm sure you all know, that, that once you go above 30 kilometers an hour, you've been if you're struck at that speed, your risk of death, death just yeah. increases basically no. exponentially. No. And but all the, the other reason we wanted to put in is that, like a lot of these suggestions around the 30 kilometer hour suburban streets speed limits and you know, um, making it safer for um, people walking and cycling, these are things that are actually. For example, in the national road safety mm. strategy, yeah. yep. and also in you know, not many people know that we are currently at the start of the global decade of action on road safety, the WHO sponsored thing. And, and you know, and I was fortunate enough to actually write a report through my work that helped launch that strategy in New York, and you know, looking at the economic impacts of all these serious injuries and deaths, and and you know, 1.3 million people are killed on the roads around the world every year, plus about depending how you define it, about 5 million people have serious and permanent injuries. And so the things that are being proposed, and of the, I didn't read all 288 submissions. But the sort of things that are being suggested are entirely consistent with these World Health Organization recommendations, the national strategy recommendations. And um, unfortunately, when you get to the Victorian road safety strategy, it's a pretty weak document when you, particularly when you look at active transport um, yeah. it's sort of wishy-washy oh, and it's all about getting cyclists to wear high vis and stuff oh come on guys oh, no. we can do better than that did you see I mean this is going back a little bit now or not so long ago actually the survey in, among, in amongst motorists that somehow cyclists are seen as a subhuman category mm. and part of that reason is because the helmet the high vis mm. it's actually because they're dressing up as something different, it actually makes them different. And that's, you know, the recommendations where the high-vis do all this, which inherently says it's dangerous, which mm. we've, we all accept. But it actually has that effect that reinforces that mm. idea that somehow bike riders aren't normal. Yeah. And it's a deterrent. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was actually a follow-up study. Like there was a previous study in 2019 looking at a similar thing, mm. and uh, the 2023 study uh, just kind of f- confirmed it, <laughs> made it a little, a little bit worse. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, the the you know just being on a bike, you're subhuman. Oh. 
And it's no, really, it was born out in um, Marybeck Bug. We, we did a survey to ask people um, about their perceptions of whether behaviour had changed on the roads and then oh, yes. how that impacted them. Yeah. And it was really the most common thing was, well, it makes me not take certain trips and it makes me not ride. But for there was 6% of our respondents rode with a disability or medical condition that affected their ability to use other modes. Mm. So they either, most, the most common is they can't drive. Mm. Um, and there was one in particular, a woman who gets her children around on an electric cargo bike because, you know, she couldn't drive. And, you know, it's like, well, there's places and things we just don't do mm. because it's, it, there isn't a safe route to that area and place and there isn't a viable way for us to get there otherwise. So it's, it has a real impact on people's ability to get around and on the most vulnerable people because it's the people who are most affected by transport accessibility are women, the disabled and the elderly. And also if you're, you know, less well off. Yeah. So, so, so from, I mean, I, this figures, someone challenged me in these, but I think they're correct in that uh, 75% of Victorians have a driver's licence. So automatically, 25% of people are excluded from that form of transport or reliant upon someone else. And someone else said, well, it's actually worse than that because while 25% don't have a driver's licence, 40% don't have access to a car. car. Mm. So so, so you have 40% of the population for this mode of transport is basically inaccessible to them, and yet they are not provided for in those or, or another means of transport. Or it can be inherently dangerous when the when the roads are you know expected to share with B doubles. Yeah. Um, so that that issue is never addressed, well, very very rarely addressed, and it's you know it's a massive percentage of the population. I mean, it yeah. is, and and you know again one of the programs years ago where we used to provide bikes to people was because they lived in the outer suburbs of Marybeck. Mm. Um, I certainly didn't have cars, and public transport, transport was so expensive. If you were a parent with four kids and you needed to get around on public transport, every trip cost a fortune. Yeah, if you're and on the time as a well. restricted it's income, a, often because public transport provision is unfortunately not as good as it should be, um, and it takes a long time to get anywhere. Well, and often you need a, a bike to get to the public yep, transport. Abs- absolutely, that, that, that breaks down those distance barriers. Yeah, so that, there's a great paper on that by. I hate to keep referring. I am an academic. I can't help it. Uh, mm. By um, by the ITF, the International Transport Forum in 2017, where they talked about um, linking of um, bicycles with trains and mm. public transport, um, and how it can dramatically increase the usage of both. Yeah. Because you are increasing the catchment area of trains, but you're also there getting more people to ride as well, um, which enables you know they are very complementary in their transport modes. Cycling has that inherent flexibility, which tri- um, rail doesn't, but rail has much more um, higher going from one place to another. Um, so that they can it can increase the patronage of the trains, but also then in get, getting more people riding by. Yeah. John, just I know we're getting to the end. Just can you give us an idea of the inquiry goes... What happens after that with the findings? <laughs> Do you, you don't want me to say that on air? I, I, have you got that, that the dump You're button? You're not telling me this. This is not just a PR exercise. Um, does something... What are we ha- hoping comes what out are, of what, it? What are we hoping comes out well, of it? Hope is a terrible thing to I have. Know. It, you know, desire plus... Anyway, um, is there, there's no... Actually, 
they're not ob- obliged to do anything with the findings is I, what I'd probably get at. I, I think Faith would be able to answer that better than I, I could. <laughs> yeah. But but I I imagine no is the is the is the answer to that question. Um, and all or what hopefully um, it will do is provide more momentum and impetus yeah. to address these these issues. Yeah. And that you know we don't have to rely on cars to, for all forms of transport. And that's one of the things very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We know from the own government's own transport surveys that half of all trips are under 4.2 kilometres. Yep. Uh, so, you know, these are ideal trips. That's half of all trips. A quarter are under 1.6. Yeah. So, so, I mean, this is a distance that you should not be driving, if at all, because it could yep. not be more simple to cycle 1.6 kilometres. So, I mean, those are the should be the easy wins yep. that, you know, make it safe. People will do it, as yep. the evidence from around the world shows. Yeah. Yeah. So there will be a report delivered yep. no later than March 2024 mm-hmm. by the committee, um, and that report will have some recommendations. But yep. uh, what those will be? Mm. The look at one part of these things is a report comes out recommendations. A local council can then get put under pressure, and they say, "Look, these are the recommendations from this inquiry. Why aren't you looking at them? Mm. Why aren't you acting on them?" I think um, a lot of local councils would say we've been trying to do, do that, but the Department of Transport controls most of those roads, so therefore, yeah, yeah. they just say mm. Sharrow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, take away that protected bike lane and put it in a Sharrow. It'll get, be fine. Get out that yeah. paint, it'll work. <laughs> just peachy. Uh, I think the. Um, I don't know, but for our experience, the the pressure is not just you know, has to be on local councils. And maybe no. that's why that was one interesting thing that so many local councils have made submissions. Yeah. Um, clearly they feel that maybe like everyone else that the state government is the one who's not really stepping up. No. It just, I'm not sure how we're going for time, but but, but uh, um, looking at other state governments and even the ACT government, yep. Uh, they are doing a lot more than Victoria. Mm. I mean, yeah. And even the words coming out of the ACT, well, I don't know if it was the um, planning or the transport person talking about, oh, maybe we should do things a bit differently. Yep. yep. And I think that's all we've got it time is. for, actually. We're cutting it fine, but that's all right. So have a look online for the Parliamentary Inquiry into Road Safety and Vulnerable Road Users uh, to find a link to watch online. We will post one in the podcast this afternoon and share that around too. Thank you very much for coming on the show again, John. Thanks for having me. And next up is SheBop. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.